Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Here we are, episode 35, and we've got Blake DeGraw on the show. This project originally began as a personal tool to re-engage with artists and feel empowered in conversations, yet somehow, every week for nine months and over 5,000 plays later, this project continues. It's Bad at Parties. I am 100% tooting my own horn, but I'm also saying how thankful I am to the artists and listeners who have engaged with this podcast. Thanks for being a part of it, especially you future ghosts who have reached out with kind words and challenges to how to make this better. Okay, well, speaking of people who challenge me in all the right ways, let's get back to the guest. Blake DeGraw is a composer and performer in the Seattle area uh, who is creating some next level 21st century shit. If you don't even know what that means, I'll just let you know right now, it's not on the radio. Take a listen to Blake's music. You can find that linked in the details to this podcast, and you might dig it. And then you can check out Blake on March 3rd at the Chapel on Capitol Hill. We'll talk about about that a bit more when we get into the show. So let's just get right into it. Here we go. Blake. Win, win. It was like wicked cold in here the last two or three times that I've done the podcast in here because yeah. it's just like it's an old building mm. like and that's an attic space like off to the right and so it's just like wind gusting yeah. through yeah <laughs> that's pretty cold yeah that's sounding that sounds cold it sounds cold yeah yeah where you got here really quick I did where'd you come from the U district nice are you over that way now yeah yeah I moved back to the hood man dude that's so great for you I know are you liking it I like living that close to work. Mm-hmm. I don't not like anything about it. I like it. <laughs> no? No, I'm, I'm digging it. Cool. I I didn't <clears throat> love living in the U District. No? No, I felt like it was not my vibe. No. It was tough. It was yeah. definitely tough for me and for Heather. What was tough about it? Just like, it was loud. It was loud. Oh, nice. I got you some water. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew the stairs. Mm-hmm. It wears you mm-hmm. out. But, like, I don't know, we were right off of Greek Row, like, pretty oh, close, yeah. and that was, like, I don't know, three or four years ago, but, yeah, yeah. it was shitty. That sucks. I didn't like it there. Yeah. Where are you, <laughs> I'm just dissing your hood now. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you in the U District? I'm on, like, 56th in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, so I'm, like, You're over stone's there. throw from, like, trading musician. Dude, that's... Practically Ravenna. That's Ravenna, yeah. in my mind. That's what I think, too. That's not, yeah, which is a completely, like, I'd love living in Ravenna. <clears throat> Ravenna's it's a great quiet. area. It's quiet. It's a lot of, like, cool artistic little shops. There's that, like, German beer spot, I think. I've that... been told about that by the Herkimer people. Yeah, that <clears throat> place is tight. I don't know what it's called. I don't, I've never even been there. No. Dude. But I intend to continue to, like, nod my head and go, that sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, I went there one time. I got a pretzel, dipped mm. it in some, like, stone ground mustard. Mm. It was really tight. That sounds delish. It was fantastic. I'll clink to that. Cool. Dink. Dude, I love these little mics. Mm-hmm. I got one myself. Oh, did you? I think I think you told me about them, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're really cheap. 
Yeah, I've got the three settings, so you can do a lot of different stuff with them. Yeah. Blue microphones. I ordered another one mm-hmm. for this podcast so I could do it, and today was going to be the first day we were going to have it. Oh, shit. And then it turned out I ordered the wrong one. I ordered the ICE version, which is, oh, it's like smaller, it's not omnidirectional, mm-hmm. and it ha- doesn't have the toggles because it's not omnidirectional. Of course. Um, so I was like, oh, well, good thing Amazon's got a kick-ass return policy. Do they? Yeah. Nice. You, and also because of the snow, mm. it got here like a week after I wanted to, mm-hmm. and so I just said, it got here too late. That's why I'm returning it. Those fucking pussies. Yeah. And then they said, great, free returns. Uh, it did get here too late for the first podcast I wanted to use it. I also got the wrong thing, but it got here too late. Well, that's their fault. Yeah. That's their mistake. So, yeah. free returns for me. I don't know. Might be, I, I'd say that's about as badass as I can get. That's as far <laughs> into badass as I can go, clicking the wrong button. On Amazon for the return policy, saving the four dollars. Dude, that's that's it. gangster. Or that would have been gangster. It would have been gangster. Yeah, I did it. Uh, then it was gangster. Then it was gangster. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty tight. So you're doing two. You're doing two shows, coming up pretty mm-hmm. soon. Actually, well, I'm doing a few. You're doing a few. I have I have like different stuff though. I know these days. Okay, so yeah. you told me about one that's coming up. In March, and then mm-hmm. one I think that's in April. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. The okay. April one is specifically for school, mm. which means it's going to be even better yeah. than I should have been doing. Yeah, because this is because it's like a building that has a million different cool things in it, namely a lot of pianos. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, I wonder how many pianos I can cram into the <laughs> auditorium for a show. It turns out there's only three. Oh. But there's a lot you can do with three pianos. That's a lot more than most rooms. I've never been able to get three pianos in a place before. No. So, and I have a lot of music for So this pianos. is at Cornish that yeah, you're doing this. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's going to be piano music and saxophone music. Nice. And uh, and it's all, it's all bonkers, though. Like, one of them is... For three pianos, played by 12 people, conducted by flashes of light in a dark room. It's going to be so dope. Okay, so who's conducting the flashes of light? Are they... You're... you're yes, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a Spanish concert. This is great. <laughs> yes. Um, are you, like, controlling the light for the room, or do you are you going to have, like, like some, like... Giant no, it's, spotlight. It's just room lights. It's just room. I, I wanted to construct my own like like I'd been planning to do this elsewhere, like probably at at the University Heights building. Sure. Um, and so I was planning on constructing an apparatus that I could just toggle and that would like blind people. Right. <laughs> but uh, but it turns out the house lights at the auditorium at my school are really reactive and they just have cool. like a toggle switch that you can nice. Kill them really fast. Well, because people they do theater stuff in there yeah. as well when you have to have really reactive lights. Precisely. Cool. They're not as blinding as I, like I want to I want to put people off and mm-hmm. make cool music at the same time. But right, I've gotta settle for one. Yeah. I feel like to be blinded, it has to come from an unexpected direction. Like, I feel like it'd be tight to do something with, like, lots of mirrors and, like, mm. only a few points of light, but it's just bouncing around <laughs> the room. That'd be cool. Yeah. Or it just has to be, like, right behind a focal point. Like, mm. I, like I saw, do you, do you remember that band Secret something? Secret Machines? Huh. It was this come and go indie band that had, like, one Out of Seattle? Album. No, they were out of, like, Texas or something. Mm. Their one album was pretty cool, but then they got shitty. Cool. But anyway, I saw them. <laughs> At, like, Coachella one year, hmm. like, 2008 maybe, and they had these just bright fucking lights behind them that just only flared at, like, the climax of, like, every third song, probably. Mm-hmm. But when it did, it just, like, it would just go, wow, and then just turn off, and you would just see, like, ghosts of the dudes who mm-hmm. were on the stage. Yeah. It, it, was, pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, I, I've talked with my buddy 
Have you ever listened to the Lonely Forest? They're a band out of here. Um, oh. They, mm-hmm. way back when they were, they were in, like, high school and stuff, they won EMP Sound Off, and they're, like, mm-hmm. one of the more, like, oh, yeah, Lonely Forest. They won Sound Off one time. It's, yeah. like, a, a big deal for Sound Off. But they, um, uh, like, John, who was the front man for that, he always said, like, yeah, the reason we won, we had, like, an okay set, but then mm-hmm. on our very last song, we hit, like, this big climactic point and the mm-hmm. light guy who was doing the lights just turned on all these white lights right yeah. at this moment and just like it just was the perfect ending and everyone cheered and loved it he's like i honestly think that the light guy won us the show more than <laughs> yeah. we won the show ourselves good yeah good. It, it's crazy how much that stuff affects the like just that other sensory input mm-hmm. affects your your experience of that yeah i mean that's like a lot of times that's the only difference between like uh say like the show, and this is kind of a stretch, maybe, but like the show box and like the Black Lodge, for example, mm. like essentially have like the same goddamn sound system. Sure. But the show box just has house lights. It has house lights. <laughs> and house lights make all the difference. Mm hmm. And at the same, I, and it's like, it's also the physical space. Like, <laughs> it feels like you are the show. Like, mm-hmm. it's like watching a movie. Like, when you're watching it at the theater, you become the show that you're yeah. watching. And if Black Lodge, like, if you're packed in a room where you're just, like, jammed in there and, mm-hmm. like, you can feel the sweat of everyone around yeah. you, then you become the show. Like, yeah. that's the difference, is if you're, like, I don't care if you got house lights or not, if you mm-hmm. feel, like, overwhelmed and a part of something else, mm-hmm. like, if it can take you out of your typical body state. Yeah. yeah. But but if it doesn't feel like God's watching down on you with crazy lights mm-hmm. or anything, then you're just surrounded by smelly yeah. people. Yeah, then it's just... Then it's just a hot room. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Which is fine, but that's just a different Which show. Which is cool. Oh, Okay, it's great. It's cool. It's not fine. No. Copy that. Uh, so you're doing that one. Mm-hmm. That's the school one yeah, in yeah. April. But mm-hmm. March, that one you were, you're doing with... That, no, no, that one is... Fire, that's fire, just fire. as me. Okay. Um, <laughs> one time only. It's for the Seattle Composers Salon or Forum or some kind of thing with Seattle Composers. And cool. they, so they have they have these things like every two months at, uh, at the chapel um, where like three or four people will just present, like, ten-minute-long snippets of, like, works in progress, and mm. then there's just, like, a and a afterwards. Cool. And uh, they're really fun. Um, I mean, I assume. I've only been to one. Right. But it was really fun. Does it feel like that's pretty industry, like, to other composers in the area, or are they, no, like... No, 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 it's pretty Dada. Okay. It's, um... Dada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... Oh, the... I'm using that. <laughs> yes, yes. It that's Dada. Um, like, the, at the one that I was at, it was everything from, uh... This lady presenting the soundtrack to a podcast she's working on, mm. or and there was a dude that had written. A, <laughs> this was great. There was a guy that had written a space opera that was. Uh, or There's like, no sound in space. Yeah, well, that's, that's a dumb idea. That, it's, it's a performance art piece. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a, 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 a interpretive dance opera. Sure. I guess is more like he had pre-recorded all the music, and mm. then there was just a dancer. Um, dancing to the music, but the music was mostly, like, electronic MIDI arranged stuff with Mm. live vocals over it, but the vocals were from the point of view of the alien race in the opera, Mm. who had no verbs in their language, (laughs) and so it was just all these vocals that were just skirting around verbiage, (laughs) stuff like, stuff like, if rock rain, bad, if rock rain, not, better... Just stuff like that. Tight. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I'm showing it that thing in March. That's cool. Yeah. What are you doing? Because that's just you. Are you going to have other people on that? I'm going to have a... I'm showing a sax quartet that cool. I wrote. And it's it's pretty cool. Mm. I've, I've done it once already. Mm-hmm. And it 
was probably the coolest thing I've ever done. Hmm. It, we, um, I've been doing this thing lately where I, I'm, like, pre-recording these, like, guide tracks for people to hmm. listen to while they play. And I'll, like, kind of... Like, like usually um, they're meant for, like, really large-scale groups. Like, I did I did one where I, uh, I just compiled all these, like, sound collages out of, like, sounds of animal mating calls and shit. Hmm. And just gave, like, an MP3 to, like, 20 different people. Like, a different MP3 to 20 different people. And sure. each one had, like, different animal sounds on it. And hmm. for, like, 20 minutes, we just walked around the room while we all just, like, mimicked the animal sounds on that our That you specifically had had. Yeah, yeah. Right, so everybody has, like, a little bit of a different something. Yeah. Yeah. And so we all just kind of, like, hit play at the same time and put on our headphones, and then just whatever instrument you had, you just kind of wandered around the room and pretended to make those animal sounds on your instrument. And it was really cool. I mean, it was like being in a jungle. But I, I, I've been trying to scale it down lately hmm. and, like, make it a little more, like, interactive. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, like... Um, right, because when you get to that point where you've got that mm. many people involved in something like that, it can it can it become just, like a it, wall. Yeah, it just kind of be, it gains its own momentum. Sure, there's no like you can't really like change the direction of things. No, but um, this one it's for four saxophone players who are each listening to an audio feed. It's just giving them like a start signal and a stop signal, hmm. and uh, and sometimes it's happening like very abruptly. Like this this guy will just blurt out some sounds and then this guy will cut him off with some sounds and this dude will cut him off. Mm. So it makes these exchanges where like saxophonists are just like just like passing them all around the room. And And it's, is it coordinated MP3? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, you have to like, you don't have to like hit play at the exact, exact same time. Yeah, but you have to hit it like around the same time. Yeah. You have like a second window. Sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's a really tight idea. It worked really well. Nice. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, a cool way to do that, to get a, rid of the visual element of someone pointing at you and saying, mm-hmm. go, yeah. stop. Instead yeah. of just saying, like, no, everybody hit play. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and plus, like, if you don't tell anybody in the audience, like, why it is that you're listening to headphones, then yeah. that, that also kind of generates some interest, too. Sure. Like, the, the first time I ever presented the animal mating call piece, I, I, I made the mistake of, like, telling, telling the audience what we were doing beforehand, mm-hmm. and just, like, instantly regretted doing that. Sure. Because it just took so much intrigue away from... The, from the whole thing, and but then did it. I did it one more time, and then I did this. I did the sax quartet thing mm-hmm. um, live, and both of those times I didn't say shit about it. I yeah. was just like, all right, count to three, hit play, put on headphones, and that and that was all the audience knew, and it was, and the reception was a lot better. In both Dude, of those I cases. feel like that is one of those key things that I I. I see too many people make that mistake trying to explain Mm. this is what this music is or this is what this art piece is. And it can just like sometimes, some very rare times, if it has a really, really purposeful meaning Mm. that like knowing that is going to enhance the experience, Mm -hmm. great. But most of the time that's not true. I can't think of when it would enhance the experience. I think if you like, (laughs) if you're doing some Peter and the Wolf like and you're you're coming into it and you need to know these different instruments represent these animals and they're yeah. going to tell a story like okay great yeah. that's a perfect example yeah, sure but if you're not telling a story if the story is being created mm-hmm. and you are and it's happening in your mind mm-hmm. then like giving too much like linear direction to that it mm-hmm. prevents it from being a truly creative story you're like no, it's just these people in this room. Yeah. That's not a story. Yeah. That's a waste of a half an yeah, hour. Totally. And then also the audience has, like, more information than they need to mm-hmm. for, like, like if, you know, the audience is watching a bunch of dudes that are, like, 
reacting to like flashing lights or have some kind of weird like cue or some kind of weird stimulus that they're that they're interacting with, then if you don't know what that is, then you get to kind of make that up in your head. Sure. But if you know what that is, then you've just been let in on a different level of the performance that you have no participation in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, thanks for making this subpar for me. Right, exactly. Yeah. So this is why I should not go. Exactly. <laughs> okay, perfect. Got it. Yeah. Um, I was at the MoMA. We were in, uh, Heather and I went to New York with some friends like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was very much the same thing. Like I would, I think that that's one of those hard things of curating Stuff is, I would go around and be like, oh, um, this is really bizarre. And then I read it, and I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go now. Like, I could have just, like, experienced the physical sensation of being in some of these spaces. I mean, sometimes, of course, I want the historical perspective. But, like, a lot of these modern pieces that are there, like, I'm like, like, there was this one where they were doing a, um, a video display on two different screens that was, like, bouncing back and forth with pianos that were being played mm. by no one. Like, it was, like, uh, player pianos. Yeah. And then, like, w- women dancing and like, in, like, an all-cardboard room, but, like, not really dancing, like, really, um, like, thrusting, uncomfortable, mm. uh, like, body heaving. And then, like, there were two pianos that were also player pianos, mm. and, like, sometimes they were actually playing, and sometimes mm. it was just the recorded playing that was yeah. happening, and it, and it was just, like... There was no, there was no, like, people, I could see them, people wandering around looking for the description of what the fuck am I re- oh, like yeah, experiencing yeah. right now, and there wasn't one, mm. and I was like, thank God, because yeah. this is like a 20-minute long thing, and if I walked in here and was like, oh, it's about rape, yeah. okay. <laughs> exactly. I'm, well, bye. <laughs> now, now I feel shitty. Yeah, but as I was standing there, I was like, I wonder <clears throat> if this is about rape. It feels like that's what's happening yeah. right now. <laughs> and that's all that's really important in life, is not finding the answers to the questions, but having questions. Having questions, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, there's the age-old dichotomy of tension and resolution, but the only necessary part of that is, is, the is tension. tension. Yeah. Like, resolution is just <laughs> if the creator is being nice to you. But even that's too much. Uh, who are you to deserve resolution? I'll fucking assume You don't know what to do with resolution. <laughs> you didn't create the tension. You didn't deserve... You don't deserve shit. That's so great. That's, that's the mentality that any artist has to have is, fuck you. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. <clears throat> oh, man. Uh, that's tight. I feel like that I'm, I'm trying to... to like, so I've been playing more and more stuff right Mm. now myself and it's getting more and more aggressive and it's been really deeply satisfying and I'm finding myself hitting more and more points where I was like I could do that that's less audience appealing Mm. but it's deeply satisfying to me and like the more I engage in it the more I'm just like yeah I'm okay with that yeah Yeah, I'm totally fine with that good because fuck them yeah (laughs) they're not doing anything though that's what I don't get about and this is just this is pure grovel right mm-hmm. here. Like, and this is this is all I will ever say about the matter because there's no answer. But what really, really baffles me about the musical, or just this, the, the relationship that people have with art. Period. Mm-hmm. Probably more in the United States than other places, but that's a sweeping assumption. Um, that, like, let's say, like you as a musician, you spend all this time putting together songs and you know crafting something to bring to the stage. Mm-hmm. And then you bring it to the stage, and you're like, hey, 
what do you think of this? People who had nothing to do. With <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's basically the relationship between artist and consumer is person who does everything says, hey, what do you think of this person who did nothing? Fuck you, you know? <laughs> and then if the person who did nothing is like, yeah, I think that person who did everything is good because my opinion matters for sure. some fucking reason, <laughs> then that person gets to do it more. It's completely stupid. I was joking about this with a friend of mine who, like, um, friends of mine who work in, like, fine dining or nice <clears throat> restaurants and things like that, I'm mm. like, yeah, but no matter what you're doing... Like, as nice as you make it, the, as good as you can possibly do, they're going to turn it into shit. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're literally just taking it, mm-hmm. whatever you've done, and turning it into <laughs> shit. And it's shit. it's not that much different. <laughs> it's like, whatever you do, like, they're processing it, but at the end of the day, it's just, mm-hmm. ah, pfft. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love an audience. At the same point, <laughs> I, I deeply love an audience because <clears throat> it's, it's, it's like... Uh, if you do it all by yourself, it's a mm. little bit just masturbation at that point. You're just, mm. which is fun for yeah, a while. Everybody loves masturbation. Everybody loves masturbation, but mm. at some point, you, you it just gets raw and your brain gets a little <laughs> numb and you're just like, I really wish someone else was here. Yeah. Mm. No, no, <laughs> you you could be totally fine without the audience. Do you feel like <clears throat> if you had the access to the other musicians and the spaces that you want to perform in, mm. um, and you could acquire those things and get the participation from people on those uh, without an audience uh, that you would opt for that instead. Well, yeah, I mean, because w- w- with those like conditions comes the idea that you can also just incorporate everyone into the th- like like if I had mm. like like unimaginably huge resources to put on like whatever show I wanted in the largest, craziest space I could, I would want to make use of every inch of that place, you know? And so instead of having an audience, I would rather just create a, per- a performance that requires, like, 200 people to execute it. Yeah. Um, just instruments at the door. Like, you yeah, walk in, yeah. Here, thank you, thank you for your ticket, mm-hmm. here is your instrument. Here's your instrument, and here's some instructions on how to use it if yeah. you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've done it before where I've, like, I mean, I own, like, 16 or 17 different mm-hmm. acoustic instruments now, and I... Very often will bring like more instruments than I need to mm. a performance, and I'll just place them at the feet of the audience and be like, if anybody feels so inclined to fucking participate in this, then here you go. If mm-hmm. you don't have a good time, it's your own goddamn fault yeah. now, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's what every show should be. Mm. I mean, not every show because that'd be stupid, but that's how every show that I want to. <laughs> yeah, get. right. Yeah, like, showing everybody else go doing that because that's yeah. my thing. You do that, and yeah. you took away my thing. Exactly. But yeah, I mean. You know, then it becomes a three-dimensional thing. Yeah. And... I like that. I think that that totally makes sense. And it's not a, like, get rid of the audience. It's, like, make the audience useful. Make the mm-hmm. audience work for what they're getting. Yeah, make, and make the audience see that they are musical creatures themselves. Sure, absolutely. <clears throat> and at that point, it's like, sure, I'm saying, fuck you, what did you do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. But I'm really saying, like... Fuck you if you don't do something to deserve this, and I'm present. And now let me give you the opportunity to yeah. do something with this. Like if I am if I am a performer and I give you nothing to engage with, there's no way you you can dance. There's no way that you can like think deeply about mm-hmm. what's happening. Then that's that's on me. Yeah. That's my mistake. Totally. I'm wasting your time. Totally. So the I feel like the audience definitely has a, a place in there. I just think that um, we as a society haven't educated our audiences how to be good, how to audience yeah. well, you yeah. know? Well, and we have this this kind of, and I, I, and I kind of wonder if this is particular to the United States, hmm. that 
there's this huge notion of, like, like you know, there's so many people that consume music on so many levels, mm. but there's this, like, sweeping notion amongst what I would say is the majority of people that, like, I am not a musical person. You know, like, how many people do you come across that are just mm. like, oh, I don't have any sense of rhythm, or I can't, you know, I can't carry a tune. Or, right. Like, a lot of people actually identify as not being right. musical. Right, And that is hogwash. <laughs> I mean, like, any asshole can fucking whistle. Yeah. You know, and whistling is a complex operation. <laughs> you know, you're manipulating... A lot of uh, people can't whistle. Well, okay. Okay. But even if you can, like, I, I for example... You can produce no- sound waves. Yes. yes. Or even if you can hum. Yeah. If you can, like, hear a jingle and, like, even... Sure basically mimic it. Mm-hmm. That's a complex operation. Yeah. Like, there aren't a lot of other animals that can do that no. in the world. The amount of sounds that we can create mm-hmm. purely for enjoyment. Yeah. Like, not even, like, communication or real mm-hmm. purpose, which there's way more of those. But like, yeah. just and let's not even get into how complex and musical all that shit is, yeah, too. Yeah, also, <clears throat> very deeply. I mean, yeah. we can. We totally can. Like, like, we should. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's also partially because, I mean, just like vocal inflection, we're mm-hmm. talking right now, there's mm-hmm. tons of music mm-hmm. in everything we're saying, like, and I think people, like, saying, like, I'm not a musician, like, there's also the listenership, there's the, the ability to, to listen, there's the ability to train your ear, and in communication, mm-hmm. you're able to pick up, like, oh, is this person excited, are they bored, because I'm recognizing the, the pace at which they're talking, mm-hmm. the, the depth in their voice, and, like, I can totally pick up those things, Yeah, like, what do you mean you're not musical? You're doing it right now. Yeah. Oh, you're doing God. it right now. Dude, if we... Don't even get me started about just entrainment in general mm-hmm. and how, like... I'm going to get some more of that water, too. Thanks, man. I mean, have you, have, have you been noticing, even, like, in the course of this conversation, that we take sips of water at the exact same time? No. And that, <laughs> like, like next, dude, next time you have, like, a coffee mug and you're out in public... Yeah. Every time you take a sip of that coffee, just take note of how many other people <laughs> do that. And take note, like, like this is a real fucking thing that, like, like, like people's capacity to just like go in sync with people in their immediate vicinity is so beyond their even recognition. Mm. But like, we are constantly just like subconsciously matching up with everything that is going yeah. around, uh, on around us, even to the extent of like matching eye level, mm-hmm. matching shoulder level, sure, matching like in- inversion of distance. So totally, pull back. There's just it. tons and tons of yeah. mirror neurons just constantly yeah. firing me. Like, oh, I want to be accepted. I mm. want to be liked. And I need to be the right amount. There's a lot of people read into, like, oh, if you are, if you don't mirror, then you're weird and you're uncomfortable and I don't like you. But if you over mirror, Mm -hmm. if you, I mean, you see that with kids, copycatting, like, you, you, like, kids learn what is the um, level at which I can do this before Mm -hmm. I become too much like you before yeah. you're like, dude, stop it's stop creepy. copying yeah. me. That's why kids do that because mm. they're like, oh, I can just be the same. Mm, you can't be the same. Mm. Like, that's why plagiarism is so offensive. Yeah. yeah. You have to skirt around the whole plagiarism. Yeah, thing. you have to do it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's argue that that is the human experience, is plagiarizing people without being obvious. Without being it. caught. Yeah. Truly without getting caught. Yeah. If you can be obvious a little bit, but not even get caught, then you're probably in sales. Like, yeah. then, you're, <laughs> then you're making, like, good money at yeah, that point. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is a rewarded behavior. Oh, my gosh. It, it 100% is. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, like, I'll be on the bus, and I'll be listening to my headphones, and I'll just look around to the number of people who are all on their phones, who are all on their headphones, and that's fine. You know what? Like, mm. we all, I don't want anybody talking to me on the bus. Yeah, fuck I, I really don't. Um, but I do like taking off my headphones, putting away my phone, and just sitting. I'm trying to do some mindfulness on the bus. I'm trying mm. to be better at, like, meditating before mm. I go to work. It's something I'm working on. But 
I'll definitely notice when I'm not good at mindfulness that mm. people are made uncomfortable by the fact that I'm taking off my headphones. Like, mm. I'll get some sideways glances, like, uh, like, what? Like, am I supposed to, and they're taking out their headphones, they're like, what is he hearing? What's out there? Hello? It's all they have to go on, man. It's like when you look out the window, everyone's got to look at the window. What the fuck's out the window? It's true. Just the sky. Is it, is it broke? <laughs> there must be something wrong. Yeah, and, and that, that behavior makes sense to me. Sure. And I, I think... I, I like being a lemming. I think that that's... I mean, you know, I think that we've talked a lot about how... Or we've been in, like, places where we've been talking about the music and the things that you create, and there's mm-hmm. just people who are just, like, standing there going just, like, okay, I'm waiting for the moment at which I get this, and I totally mm-hmm. don't get this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's, you know, one of those things where it's just, like, wait, are you... You're just, like, fighting against the social norms. And it's like, no, but the fact that that is happening is okay. Mm. Like, the fact that that's simultaneously happening and that that is such an averse um, experience. Like, oh, I don't want to not only do something that is averse to the social norms but mm. or, or fights the social norms, but I don't even want to be around things that are doing that because mm. that would make me uncomfortable for what other people's experiences are. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I think it's... I don't know. I think it's a... It's good. I think it's great to care so much about what people think and what people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you a good empathetic person, makes you care about others, makes you care about like your community's experience. But at the same time, I think we have no idea how to do selfishness correctly. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Like, selfishness <laughs> is, a, is a fine thing. It's important. Important do, is the key word. It's important. <clears throat> um, but if you... And I think like there's so much guilt in our society around mm-hmm. like selfishness that it just like... It's this huge high of like I'm very selfish too like I'm incredibly humble and like both of them are just masks yeah because people just don't know how to do it I don't know how to do it I mean how how can we be expected to we live in a Judeo-Christian society absolutely like like martyrdom is the name of the game yeah you either are the martyr Mm -hmm. or you are the Philistine that's like the worst like this idiot running around and like Mm -hmm. people I think like I've been talking a lot with friends lately that this idea of like I mean, if you are coming even from that mm. perspective, mm. like, then you should be realizing if that's your religious background, you're literally saying somebody already did that. Someone went through that whole <laughs> martyrdom process. It's literally, it's done. Yeah. It's taken care of. Your job now is to give 10% every week and like to and your community rebel. and to the community. And if the entire community is doing it, then it works. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, no, I'll be the martyr. Ah, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I'll be the martyr. And so there's inconsistency. Yeah. I wonder if God's just up there thinking like, God, I was really not anticipating that so many people would choose the martyr part. <laughs> right. I tried to make it look really <laughs> shitty. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, me too. Wait, what? That's the universe. That's crazy. We, we, just, figured, we just figured God out and what God is thinking. He tried to make it look bad. And then everybody thought, yeah, I'm bad too. Yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of teams. Or maybe it was reverse psychology. Maybe God wasn't behind any of it. Right. It was just a big joke. It was a big this joke. Is, this is Loki. This is, I mean, I'm a big fan of Loki, I would be, I mean, at least that would make sense. Mm. At least that would make, like, a lot of sense. It's just like, it's a joke. Oh, at least now I know it's a joke. Yeah. At least now I'm less confused about it. Yeah, and then we can all just take a year to clear our heads and then laugh about it. Yeah, exactly. Just our egos. 
dust it off a bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. If it was low-key, you'd never know. Yeah. Um, did you read... I read, actually, a pretty tight book. It started really slow, so I thought I was going <clears> to <throat> hate it, but I liked it in the end. Um, Neil Gaiman, do you ever read him? I know of him. Yeah. So he has this book called American Gods, mm-hmm. and yeah. Is yeah. the one he wrote was Terry Pratchett? It was the first, like, novel he ever wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was, like, he, like, came to the States and, like, drove around, and as he was driving around, he, like started pulling together ideas for this mm-hmm. book, and he, like, talks a bit about it in, like, the prologue. But it's it's really cool, and it's really interesting, like, bringing in these ideas of how our, just like American society would view and interact with, with gods in a, in a day and age when that's no longer a thing that is engaged with, mm-hmm. like a lot of other cultures do. And mm-hmm. so it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. And they're kind of like these, similar to, like, Greek... I mean, there are Greek gods, but similar to Greek gods, they're just kind of like these flawed characters that are also in the world mm-hmm. with a little bit more power than everybody else. Yeah. But kind of just weird. Mm. Yeah. It's it's great. I think you'd really dig it. That's what a lot of people tell me. Yeah. And I keep not reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to read books. This is why I... I this is I should get a shirt that says it. It's hard to read Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm officially retired from reading <laughs> Like, not out of dislike of books, but just out of pragmatism. Right. Like, I, I just probably can't I'm, read a book. I'm, when yet. I say I read this, I mean <clears throat> I listened to it on Audible. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. Have you not done that? I've never listened to an audiobook before. Um, it's, it's deeply satisfying. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, just especially... I mean, now you work and live so close to <clears throat> where you work, um, so it's harder. But, like, riding the bus... Or things like that. Oh, dude, I walk to Capitol Hill to go to school almost every day. Yeah, dude. And you every, could... every time I'm, I'm doing that walk, I'm like, God damn it, I wish I could read and walk at the same time. Yeah, dude. Audiobooks, <clears throat> just take it, like take a story with you. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. Like, I like podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. Um, and I'll, I definitely have ones I'm listening to. But mm. I like a... I like a consistent thing as well. Like, I mm. want something where I can pick it up and be like, I know exactly where I left off. It's not okay... Let's hear this 30-minute thing. Yeah. Okay, like, it's sometimes you want, like, a, I'm driving all the way to Portland. What am I going to put on? Yeah. Put on a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But that goddamn Wikipedia also. Like, every time I start something that's the least bit interesting, I just, I just, like, fight the urge to go on Wikipedia and just read about the ending right away. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, Terrible. you don't. I do. You truthfully do? I truthfully do. Oh, my gosh. I've and like, never and, done that. And I generally work backwards, too. Like, if... I start reading something, and I, which I do all the time, I always start reading things frequently. Um, but, but if I if I get like two chapters into it and I think it's bad, I stop reading it. If right. I, if I get two chapters in and I think it's good, I'll just figure out. I'll just I'll just read about the rest of it on Wikipedia. You... And if it's really good, I'll at least resolve to read it. <laughs> Oh but God. I never do. I you, do this with movies, too, you, but I'm much more consistent with... Tension resolution. <laughs> this is just you, like, just, like, but just the, diving into the resolution. Just like, fuck the tension, I'm done! And it's just a different art medium. You're, it's just, like, a different art medium than what well, you profess well, yeah, to do. Yeah, totally, because this is, a, this, is, this is a different art medium, though. I mean, in music, it's another thing, because that's all real-time shit, you know? Sure. Um, Not always. Usually. Okay. okay. I think of counterexamples in my head, but I can't. Okay. But anyway, um, but when it comes to, like, movies and anything where there's a plot okay. involved, I'm much more interested in the framework or, like, the framing device. Hmm. And if 
I read about something that has like a cool story to it, and, mm-hmm. like and 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 it has like a cool like surprise ending or something. Like, that. like surprise endings don't really like like learning the surprise ending does not bother me in the least <laughs> bit because then I think to myself, how did they show that? You know, like how did they frame the surprise ending? Because the framework is the, is the real art, right? In in, in like narrative fiction, right? And you're just bored by the <clears throat> nouns and adjectives. Well, that yeah, I mean, every, everything else has just been done already. Sure. And so it's more important to me to just find out like how this dude goes about building the house, you know? Yeah. This is the hammers. Though. These are hammers. Hands. It's a non-visual medium yeah. that we're engaging yeah, it's, in right it's now. So much is lost. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, you're a very attractive person. It's it's lost out. I, your hair has gotten like it's got some gray bits now. Like it was a little bit before, but now it's got like some good little like it's very symmetrical. Yeah, this yeah. is tight. I know it's it's creeping down to my chest hairs too. Ooh, I yeah. cannot see that. And neither can they. Nope. For or, that's or just him. for the Instagrams. Yeah. Yep. Well, Put that out yeah. on there. <laughs> you don't have to show me your chest. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Do I'm it. doing it. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, gray hair. It's cool, man. You cool. get it in your mid-30s. Nice. I will, I'll get there in a few years. I hope you do. Tight, I man. really do. Thanks. Thanks. That wasn't like a death threat or anything. Right. No, it's just that like death is around us, and oh, God, yes. We should just be aware of it. That is yeah. probably going to happen. Yeah, probably. Mm. I have had zero, very few death chances recently, but I did just get a bike like okay. this week. I'm going to start biking again because I'm trying to be... More active, because mm-hmm. I work at a desk most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I can do a little standing desk a lot of the time, so mm-hmm. that way I can be more, I don't know, less sitting. I'm just literally not sitting as much as possible. Um, but now I, I've got this bike, I'm going to try to do that more. And I think, just with how many people move to the city all the time, mm-hmm. that I'm probably going to like have, at least within the first week of starting to do it, mm-hmm. a couple of near-death experiences. Yeah. 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 And one of those might be real. One of those might be real. One of them might just be the end. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, what a better invention to leave on, you know? A bike. Yeah. Those, just, those are neat. Just cycle right out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one's pretty tight. It's made out in Bellingham. Oh, cool. Lo- yeah, nice little local shop. Oh. oh I know. Uh, yeah. Trader yeah. bikes. Yeah. Trader bikes. They're mm-hmm. very cool. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about getting back on there. You are still walking all the way up to Capitol Hill, though, because you're still going to school. Are you almost done with that? I don't think so. I think I have, like, four more semesters. How do you not know? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they only offer so much. Like, they're... they're they're not made for transfer students. Right, sure. And so, like, if I had just gone in from the beginning, I would have been able to map everything out, mm-hmm. but... Um, I went in with very mixed skill set. Sure, they, you walk in and the administrator just goes, okay, yeah. so, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much. And they just start figuring out how to puzzle you together. Yeah, and, and they give you a lot of like tests to determine where you are in sure. life and everything. And I'm a lot better at like um, rhythm than I am at, say, like 
ear training. Sure. And so, like, the school is designed to, like, you start you start with a tract of theory and ear training and rhythm and piano, and okay. you just go through all those from beginning to end at the same level. Sure. But I came in, like, not knowing anything about theory, knowing a lot about rhythm, sure. knowing kind of a little bit and about And I imagine that a lot of kids coming out of high school are probably mm. in that same spot. Like, they probably true, have true. areas where they But, have but it's possible. easier just to, like, straight up place them where, sure. where the school says they need to go, because they're freshmen, and fuck them. <laughs> um, but uh, but in my case, like, it all really depends on just what fucking courses are offered in sure. any given semester. Sure. You know? um, like, a lot of the times, the, the courses that I'm supposed to be taking in tandem with one another, like, mm-hmm. I'm in different level versions of those that conflict with, that conflict with each other mm-hmm. time-wise. And so... Um, I'm surprised that you had trouble with ear training because you have, like, your... Your primary instrument is trombone, correct? Or that's where you started. Yeah. Yeah. Primary is tough to say. Yeah. I feel like at this point. Yes, yeah, right. Your primary instrument is whatever's well, closest. It's really, really the drums. Yeah. yeah. True. Mm. Right. Because you did session drumming for like a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense why rhythm would be your more natural place. But yeah. I feel like with trombone, like you have to have that inner ear because you're like... I know that, like, a lot of trombonists mm. will be, like, I, you feel the muscle memory in mm. your arm of, like, how far out am I extending to, like, hit, like, this is the first position, the second position, mm-hmm. the third, and, like, and you just know where those are automatically. Yeah, yeah. But at the same part, like, I feel like that ear training has to go into, you're like, oh, I have to go up, like, a fifth. And oh, this well, is a well, it's, like, if, if you're talking purely, like, melodic intervals mm. or um, or even, like, dyadic intervals. Sure. Then fine, yeah. But once you get into like any any triadic chord or any anything that has three notes in it, any trichord, mm. um, then then I really start to struggle. Mm. Like uh, I mean, for example, like uh, like I mean a basic like major triad, I can listen to it and and say like okay that's a major triad, but you invert that thing one time, I mm. can't I can't tell you which inversion you're on at Man. that point. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember being in college. I think that this was because I did, like, voice for a long time, and mm-hmm. I was in, like, like a traditional SATV, like, structure of a choral mm-hmm. environment, and I would be, you know, moving between, like, singing baritone parts, singing bass parts, and things like that, and I just, mm-hmm. you'd have to know, like, what are the parts you just have to yeah. get to pick them out. And I think that that's just, ma- that made that easier, because I had mm-hmm. a lot of kids who, like, would be really good at theory, but then I'd just be like, you know, there's nothing like being that kid turning in the paper first. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only class where I was ever the first person turning yeah. something in because I was just like, I hear it. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. I can see how that, that choir training would come in. Yeah. And I guess so much of it, like you, if I'm just sitting there, I can just sing. Like I'm just like, someone, he plays a note. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm used to, my instrument is built right into my body. More water. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Um, I can just, <clears throat> like I can just like internally hum that uh-huh. and I can easily just be like, okay, yeah. I'm used to that feeling. Mm-hmm. I know what that interval is. Or you're playing three notes, and I can hear, okay, that first jump, uh, what is that? That's a fourth, and then mm-hmm. the next one's a third? Oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got the chord. Yeah, and I you've, got, you've got gold in your pocket then. Right, exactly. I, I envy the hell out of anyone who can do that. <laughs> sure. Just waste it on me. But, I mean, like, on, on the flip side of it, like, this, uh, like, my first few semesters in school, I was just learning, you know, basic classical theory, um, like, you know, functional functional harmony. Sure. Um, and none of that makes any sense to me. Like, I, I mean, I get, I get like what it, it like, I get what like a five chord is in relation to a one chord and, mm. and, and, and that kind of thing. But mm. I don't really get what the appeal is. Sure. <laughs> I guess you could say. And so like, 
Like, I just struggled my way through all of that shit. And then this semester, I, I, I'm taking my first, like, like upper division, like, post-tonal harmony class mm. where we don't have note names anymore. Everything's just reduced to numeric values. Dude, and we only study it. intervals. Yeah, and, it, and it's so easy. It is so easy. It's so easy. And this is, like, an upper division course that is kicking, like, all the other kids' asses who just, like, you know, just wiped the floor with me in classical theory classes. Sure. And now the tables are turned, and I'm just like, why the fuck don't you guys understand this? This, yeah. is, this is basic math. This, this is addition. This is very simple. Yeah. Well, we were in C before, and now we're in A-flat major. And now we're in nothing. And it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's numerals. Yeah. Like, it's relational harmonies. Yeah. Like, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It do- doesn't matter. Like, I remember that moment where, like, I think, like, everybody rem- who has gone through that process of figuring out like numeric analysis. This mm. is for future ghosts who are going to listen to this podcast. This yeah. is the most boring shit, and <laughs> I am loving it right now. Yeah. Um, but like, there's that moment where you figure out, like, oh my fucking god, I get how Roman numerals work. Mm. I get how like how like a C is a one, and now I'm in D, and the D is the new one. So mm. if I was playing a one, four, five, six, I can easily transpose that in yeah. a moment because yeah. it's just relation. I'm just like. Yeah, yeah, so easy, and, and like once you once you crack into like twentieth century music, sure. like twentieth century like post tonal music, it gets even easier than that. Really, yeah. I mean, like it like there. I've, I've been studying what's called pitch class set theory, which mm. is a lot a lot of math, um, and it's like mod twelve math, so it's not okay. it's not really like base ten math. Okay, um, does that mean like it's more like twelve tone row kind of? Yeah, yeah, okay. that kind of stuff. Where like you take you take any group of of pitches and you just reduce them to the like most abstract version of like or the most like abstract like genus I guess like mm-hmm. like you just it's it's the art of like looking at a group of notes and and saying all right how can I reduce this to the smallest shortest way of expressing what kind of intervals are expressed right here hmm. without any thought for like key signature or okay. any actual letters hmm. you know you just um like you look look at a group of notes and you say okay this has this many major seconds in it. This has this many, like, perfect fourths in it. Sure. And what is the smallest possible way that I can express that? Mm. And that, I mean, that drove a lot of, like, 20th century composition was this, like, just huge abstraction of mm-hmm. of notes and, and pretty much pu- pretty much putting everything into classes mm. and saying, like, okay, for, our, for the, the sake of our analysis, all Cs are identical now. Like, like when you say C, you reference just the existence of C as it is. Right. In any octave of a keyboard <laughs> or any instrument. And we don't even need to call it C anymore. It's zero. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just easy as shit, man. It, it, but it doesn't really register with people who have, like, a history in, like, functional harmony. Right. And, like, hierarchical. Right. Because they're... And I think that that, like gets you to this point where um, anytime you t- are engaging really hard in an art form that you have that has um, hard lines to it, you know? Mm-hmm. You're saying these are the rules and mm-hmm. they like these rules and I can create within these rules and then you engage and you realize like any art form, you can take all of the rules out. Yeah. Um, now, what you... It can, learning, can you be successful without those rules? Can mm-hmm. you be... Can you create new ones? Can you bend but not break? Or can you break and still win? Mm-hmm. Like, is so um, uncomfortable some people. A lot of people who are probably like me, who are Tauruses, that like to, like, have things <laughs> go the way they expect them to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I feel like for you, like, when you get in that space where you're like, 
No, this is a leveling effect. This Man. puts everybody on the same playing field. Man, We're all just great. Yeah, unless you fight it, unless you resist it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like just like an acid trip, man. Yeah. Just don't fight that fucker. Okay, I'm just not going to do acid. That's just me. No, no, you should do acid, Okay, man. but I'm not going to do acid. All right, All right. Gonna, acid's kind of stupid anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Everything you've told me has told me that I never, ever want to do acid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything but, that anyone has told me has told me I don't want to do yeah, acid. Yeah, there's just no reason to. No. When, when there's DMT in the world, there's <laughs> no reason to do any other psychedelic. <laughs> other than you can find other psychedelics. Right. You can't find DMT. Do you know anyone who has any DMT? I don't here? know anyone who has any God DMT. Damn it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, from everything that you've told me about DMT, I would I'm like, yeah, I would try that. If I like doing drugs. If drugs were not like the worst thing. Oh yeah, for you me. don't really like drugs. I don't. Do they yeah. they make me they make me feel yucky. Again, I like to be in control. <laughs> I love it. The the last time the last time I, I actually here's something great in in like Seattle right now. Um, pot being legal, moving to like this place where it's very commercialized and now it's like a highly, it's like a very much more commercially controlled product Mm -hmm. into like edibles, the way that edibles are set up where you might have like a little weed chocolate or something like that. And it has like the milligrams and it talks about it and then says like, this is what's in this. And I feel like for me, again, I just want predictability. Mm. When I drink a beer, I want to know exactly what... Okay, this is like a seven point. Okay, so this mm. is this would be pretty good. And I know what that has. Yeah. It's going to do with me. I don't like giving up control. I'm yeah. just saying, I wonder what this will do. I take these little weed candies that are coming out of a box that have like an amount to it. I'm like, mm. oh, perfect. I know exactly what this is going to do. I mean, I had one of them and I was like, great. Going to bed. It was the best party I ever went to. It was yeah. like this cabin <clears> party and I just like... Went to sleep. Everybody was like, dude, you like went to sleep after like, at like nine. And I was like, yeah, it was tight. <laughs> yeah, had a great time. It's cannabis. I, it was wonderful. <laughs> and that was the best, that's <clears throat> the best drug experience I've ever had. It's just, I just went to bed. That's a great experience. It was great. But because I knew what I was getting into, I mm. didn't get into the body uncomfortable sensation. Mm. I was able to pick and choose from like, there's multiple candies here. Oh, that sounds like a psychedelic experience. Mm. I don't want that. Oh, this is a very like comfortable body feeling. Mm. Sure, great. Sleep. Yeah. Those options definitely make it less fun. <laughs> like I, I, I still prefer buying drugs off of like homeless people. For sure. Because at least you know you're just getting shitty weed. <laughs> it's it's also a control thing. Common yeah. ground. Sure. It, that is mm. absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And you're supporting your local economy. Exactly. Just in a different way. Yeah. And plus, you don't have to deal with stupid fucking like pot salesmen. I've never, I've never bought my own weed. I've always just uh, like bogarted from other yeah, people. Yeah, well, that's the way to do it, obviously. Yeah. But the second, second best to that is just homeless people, right? Like, you know, you. They well, I'm also like, buck. I've had like, and I said <clears throat> never bought my own. It's because I've done this like what less than a dozen times, just because mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, eh, it doesn't. I would rather, I would rather have a beer. I'd rather do something else. I'd rather mm-hmm. smoke cigarettes. Oh, man, cigarettes sound so good. Did you stop? I know you... Oh, we talked about this, mm-hmm. like, uh, I think, like, a year ago, where you had let me know for mm-hmm. the millionth time that you were stopping. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? I've probably stopped, like, six more times since then. <laughs> I was doing really good before I went back to school. Yeah. Like, I think that I had quit for, like, a solid few months, mm-hmm. um, which is good for me. Um and then just the sight of a bunch of kids smoking outside of a music building. Dude. Just, Turn me right back around. Yeah, like right up on Roy <clears throat> Street, right? That's where yeah. you guys are? Yeah. Um, man, yeah, I would always see those kids there, mm-hmm. and I would be like, you rich 
assholes. Yeah. With all your money going mm-hmm. to this nice school. Yeah. And smoking with them is great. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't feel bad bumming cigarettes off of them. No. They got cash. Exactly. I mean, a lot of them are really poor, it turns out. Yeah, sure. Still, I, I take I take poor with a grain of salt. Sure. Cause They're like white poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not poor. No, no. Come on. How hard do you have it? Really? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I don't know. Those are real questions. Those are real questions, and actually, I care. And um, but also can. But let's talk about it over one of your cigarettes. So, do do you have a cigarette? No, I don't have any cigarettes. No, I'm very much like again. I'm just. I'm the person who's being like, oh, well, we're all drinking. Man, if anyone had cigarettes, I'd probably smoke one right now. Yeah. Like that's it, and it's maybe like once or twice a month. Yeah, that's a good once or twice though. Yeah, those are really good once or twice. Yeah. I'm in the throes right now. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Like, probably going to go buy a pack of cigarettes right after this. <laughs> it's because I brought it up also. Totally. Well, yeah. and I've been having, like, dreams about smoking lately. Wow. I know, I know. And, like, for no real reason, because, like, I, I've I've basically spent the last five years of my life just quitting and starting and quitting and starting. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much a constant thing in my life. But just in the last, like, month, I will, like, every, no matter what I'm dreaming about, cigarettes will be a part of that story. And they'll have a very positive role. Dude, that is crazy. Yeah? I don't know why that's so crazy to me, but that's really crazy to me. No, well, I guess you just said you don't know why. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I, I, maybe it's because, like, because I, I think of it, like, again, control. I like, Mm. I like any addictive, like, or any addictive substance, I like it in a, like, Oh, do I know that I'm doing well with this? If, like the, I've had one point in my life where I was like, I'm drinking more than I should, and so mm-hmm. I just like stopped, yeah. stopped for like a couple months, and then I was like, okay, I feel like I can go b- see if that's okay still. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, yeah, that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, any stuff like that, like I, the thing that I've been more addicted to anything else, and maybe this is why that's so like ooh to me, uh-huh. is because the one thing that I got like super addicted to was straight up sleep. Like, mm-hmm. I, I hit a moment where, like, like because I, I lucid dream a lot. I, like, mm-hmm. have been lucid dreaming since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I uh, would just have, like, when I was having, like, depressive episodes, I just would engage in that so much. And I would be like, why would I want to get up? Mm-hmm. I'm in complete control of my own universe yeah. when I'm asleep. Yeah. Yeah. As, as one who also lucid dreams. Right. Completely, completely. Dude, it's, it's the best, which is what you talked about when mm-hmm. you talked about DMT. You're like, it's like that, <laughs> yeah. but I get to choose. I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. 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 But imagine lucid dreaming where it's smoking <laughs> is a part of it. <laughs> that shit hurts, man. It hurts because then you wake up and you feel like you've been smoking and... <sighs> That's so funny to me. I, I forgot that you were also a lucid dreamer. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We totally talked about yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I don't know, have you had any stuff where you've had music ideas in those dreams? All, all the time. Yeah. And then you'll recreate those things? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Quite easily, actually. And, and, uh, no, I think that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Simply. Yeah. And I totally get that because mm-hmm. I've absolutely had, like, for me, you know, I'm writing more traditional music a mm. lot of the time. Um, but for me, it'll be, like, uh, either stories mm-hmm. or, like, concepts of stories that I want to write songs about. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like, journal about that stuff and, like, bring it into songs. Or it'll be, like, rhythms. Like, rhythms, I feel like, definitely hit me nice. in sleep. And I'll wake up 
and like get in the shower and I'll have that rhythm and it'll like slowly then that m- rhythm will gain melody actually uh-huh. not even so like I would say quickly it'll it'll attract a melody that goes with the rhythm uh-huh. but I think rhythm <clears throat> like is I don't know I feel like it's a part of sleep oh wow I, I always I always have a really hard time with rhythm in sleep really yeah it's like a big problem actually um and, but it's in fact, it's almost kind of a recurring thing in my dreams where um, people will be attempting to perform stuff that I've written, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, in the audience watching. Sure. And it's, like, what they can't capture is the rhythmic part. <laughs> that makes like, sense. It's, it's very just, well, like, you know, start in dreams, like, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's supposed to be impossible to, re- to read uh. because, um, like, you're supposed to be recognizing patterns. Uh. And dreaming, <clears throat> you're, you have no... Um, like, the, the memory centers of your brain, uh-huh. like, might be activated a little bit. Like, those are the dreams uh-huh. you're remembering. Those are the dreams that you're truly experiencing when you're lucid dreaming. You're activating that part yeah. of the dream. But still, you're not activating it, like, very well. Uh-huh. And rhythm is just remembering a pattern and predicting that pattern. Yeah. And, like, barely existing presently. Yeah. Like, it's more so, like, knowing the past and knowing the future at the same time. Yeah. Whereas dreaming is, like, exclusively present. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I feel like it's. It feels less like I'm I'm hearing the the rhythm and more like I can like it's a physical sensation and I'll wake up and that sensation will be like pulsating in uh. my body and like and I, I that sounds crazy but I, that's exactly like how it feels like it feels like I wake up and I can feel like my body kind of just like tensing to those rhythms. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Do you ever, do you ever like keep like a like a a recording device handy next to your Dude, bed. It's 2017. <laughs> I have a recording device with me everywhere but do you I go. Use it. Yeah, right, it's my phone. Up. It's my phone. I'll definitely like go on the phone. I'll open uh, my voice memos and I'll just sing like a little thing. Mm-hmm. Like my voice memos are probably take up some of the most memory yeah. on my phone just because it's it just goes back and back and back yeah. and back and back. Yeah, interesting. You should just string those all together in a single continuous recording. Well, what if I want to use them for making money? Now I'm not going to make money with this shit. I'll send it to you. You can right, make money with cool, it. Cool. Great. Cool. Thanks. I'm great. Dude. Um, well, I'm excited to see those shows. I think that this will maybe be the point in my life where I finally get to go out to one of Blake DeGraw's performances. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Crazier things have happened. It would be pretty tight. Lots yeah, of dots. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what you're working on. Um, and that first one that's coming up mm. in March, when is it? March 3rd. March 3rd. At the chapel. At the chapel. Mm. And then April the school 4th. one, April 4th. Mm-hmm. Tight. At Cornish. At Cornish. Tight, man. In fact, if you want to play in the one at Cornish. No, because every time you invite me to play, <laughs> oh, then right. I don't yeah, show okay. up. Like, right. that's you're, the jinx. You're jigs. not invited to play. Thanks, then. man. I appreciate it. Cool. Although, kind of maybe I still extend that offer because that sounds really tight to me. I totally will. I'm okay. Kind of desperate. But, like, do it secretly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool, man. Well, cheers. Yeah. You too, buddy.